reach out for a mentor, reach out for a business coach, uh, and try and connect with someone that you, that you truly do admire and learn from them. Don't feel at any stage that you ever have to do it alone. You never do because you're always going to be a much richer and a much better person from learning from others. You're listening to The Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au where you can also find a huge range of online and face-to-face courses accredited for CECs and other continuing education points with up to a massive 40% discount for members of Australian Fitness Network. In this episode, fitness podcaster Chantel Broderick talks key habits of industry leaders, focusing on the common traits of educating, supporting and empowering team members in order to enjoy shared success with Network's Oliver Kitchingman. Chantal, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you so much, Ollie. Chantal, you've worked with countless fitness business industry leaders and you've interviewed them for Active Management's Fitness Business Podcast, which incidentally is a great podcast. If you're listening to this and you think, you know, I need some other great fitness information and I love podcasts, well, now you know where to go. Fitness Business Podcast, a great resource. Well, what are some of the key lessons and nuggets of advice that you've been privy to? Well, first and foremost, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be on your show because one of the reasons I do what I do is to make sure that we can help educate as many fitness business owners and managers all across the world and and hopefully share and spread some information that's going to be of value to their business in the same way that you do. I, as you say, have been incredibly lucky to interview some of or a lot of the very best leaders within our industry, and that's all across the globe. Uh, Over the past two years, in fact, a number of people that have presented at Filex and Ursa and all of the major events, major conventions, fitness conventions across the world have very kindly come onto our show and, and been a part of that. And so in preparation for our interview today, I've just pulled out a couple of those really key lessons that I've learned from the people that have appeared on the show. That's fantastic. And you're happy to share them with us? I, I'm very happy to share them with you. And, and in fact, the first person that I wanted to mention is one of the presenters from Phylex 2017, who is Luke Carlson. And I'm sure many of your listeners would be familiar with Luke. He's actually the CEO of Discover Strength in Minneapolis. And when I first interviewed Luke, which was a few months ago now, what struck me about him was just how much of an absolutely superb leader that he was. You know, he has a supremely successful personal training business. He has a very unique business model. Uh, And if anyone isn't familiar with Discover Strength, I'd encourage them just to even jump on the website and have a look at how he separates the business, how they stand apart from all other fitness businesses. And as Luke proved in in the presentations that he's done at Filex 2017, he is someone that we can all learn from. He's someone that has so much knowledge and so much education that 
even a half an hour presentation with him, you know, you walk away feeling much more knowledgeable. So he came on and he actually came on to show 91 of the fitness business podcast and talked about identifying your core, the core purpose for your fitness business. And he basically talked about the fact that everything that you do in business should relate back to your company values and your company purpose. And the website that I mentioned for Discover Strength, he very clearly outlines what they are. So, so that's first and foremost. And he talked about how important it is that you make yourself goals for learning. And again, this all relates back to that education piece. And in his case, and I find this so fascinating, he actually dedicates, he said to us, three hours every Saturday, not not across the week, not across a month, three hours every Saturday for reading. And if you ever have the opportunity to see Luke present, you'll know that because about every five minutes he quotes a book or an author or something like that. So I think that makes up so much of his expertise as a leader within his business. Not only that, but from a leader point of view, he encourages his team to learn as well. And he actually described to me this system that he has for his business called Project Learn. And I love sharing this because I think it's something that so many fitness business professionals, owners, managers can actually implement into their own businesses. And what he does is he gets his team every Monday morning to read an article or a you know, segment from a book or a blog post or, or listen to a podcast. And then on the Tuesday morning, he gets them all together and they actually go through and discuss the article. So in my opinion, all too often managers within businesses might often say, oh, here's a great book to read or here's an article to read and send their team away and not really follow up or not check whether or not they've taken the time to read that or to absorb the information. Whereas this project learn process means that day one, it's the consume and read and and listen to the piece of information and day two, it's discuss it. And as we know, that discussion point is how we actually absorb and learn the information and share it with other people in our team. So I love the project learn concept. And I really feel as though that's something that we can, you know, many of us can do and implement into our businesses. So that's uh, that's Luke Carlson. Great advice. The other person that I am a huge fan of, and I've been lucky enough to interview uh, this particular gentleman twice, and he appeared in the Business Summit for the 2017 Filex convention, and that is Mr. Bill McBride. Bill is very well known in the industry, needless to say, very much in the US market, but now hopefully more in the Australian market as well, because it was his second Phylex appearance. He first appeared on the Fitness Business Podcast back in show six, which was right when we very first started. And he talked about business strategies to drive results. Bill is an expert when it comes to business strategies, is an expert when it comes to customer service. And in this particular conversation that I had with him, he talked about how important it is to have a strategic plan and have a strategic plan that potentially takes place over a one to three year period. He reiterated how important it is that you recheck that plan regularly and that you evolve the plan based on opportunities and your marketplace, what's happening in your marketplace. And he also made note of the fact and said that, you know, once you have all of the core aspects of your strategic plan, you then need to take the move to take it out to the rest of your company and start a conversation around that plan. So it's not something that you create and set and forget and put away in a bottom drawer, but it's something that you involve your team members with. And personally, I feel that so often as business owners, we have a tendency to create a business plan, strategic plan, even in some cases a marketing plan, perhaps at the beginning of a year, and then we don't look at it again. 
you know, and it's it's a common mistake that many business owners make. So uh, I think Bill's suggestion about making it part of the conversation, involving the team, getting their buy-in is a really important part of making a strategic plan successful. So do you think that's um, the reason for the the failure to follow up is a lack of time and resources or it just gets forgotten? I don't think it's a lack of time and resources. I think that most people are fairly well resourced. I actually think that it it's the role of the leader of the business to make that revisiting of a strategic plan or of a business plan. It's actually their role to plan that into the annual calendar or plan a process which demands that themselves and or their team have set times throughout the year. So it might be quarterly in the same way that you might plan a board meeting or in the same way that you might say, okay, we're going to have once a month company meeting. This The review of that plan needs to happen as a an organized, calendarized item. I firmly believe that because it's too easy for that particular process or project to be push to the side because it's done in a way. And that's why I'll reiterate his point on the the fact that you need to evolve the plan based on what's happening in the market. So making sure that you're aware of what's happening in the market by going to events like Filex, by going to things like Ursa and Idea and all of the different events throughout the world, or making sure that you are, you know, getting copies of the latest, you know, network magazine that's out or or subscribing to the blog or the newsletter or whatever it might be, listening to your podcast, you know, making sure that you're up to date with what is happening with our industry, evolving your plan accordingly. I think that is the, the best way to make sure that you are staying on track and you're not forgetting about it. So Monday, water the pot plants. Tuesday, <laughs> implement your marketing strategy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good that's a good way to look at it. Definitely. So a few few real key lessons there. Then um, having a, a strong core purpose, mm-hmm. ongoing education for your whole team, not just for for the PT managers or the club managers, but getting everyone in the team to have that buy in. And also planning, not just winging it, just actually planning and to actually execute your your vision. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the the planning stage is such a big one because we need to avoid this habit of starting, creating, and finishing a project and not relooking at it. We need to make sure that part of that planning process is the revisiting because that's where the effectiveness of the plan, the execution of the plan comes along. And in particular, the involvement of the key stakeholders within your business. And that, I must say, is one of the key or the most common themes that comes up with people that are extraordinary leaders within their business. And I'm talking about the Bill McBrides and the Luke Carlsons and the Chuck Runyons and the Todd Durkins. If there's one common thread that I hear from all of those people, it is how important it is to empower people within your team to find the people that are good at the things that you're not necessarily good at, that are strong in the areas that you're not necessarily strong up, strong at, people that can lift you up and support you and work together as a team. I think that all of those people would say that they couldn't be where they are if it wasn't for the people that surround them. And that more than anything is the most common theme that I hear from successful business leaders. 
I was going to ask you actually, um, when you speak to so many people who've made a name for themselves in this industry, I, I imagine that a common thread would emerge. And so, yeah, you've, you've summed that up pretty well. Oh, good. I'm glad I can read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Ollie, before you go on, I might just say I recently interviewed Todd Durkin and mm. many people will know that Todd is, uh, was named one of the top most, top 100 most influential people in health and fitness in the US. So just an incredible guy. And if you've ever had the chance to see him present or hear him or follow him, you'll know that he is a ridiculous bundle of energy, like just over the top. But what I found really fascinating about him is he really put that importance on his team. And one of the questions that I asked him was, well, you are constantly traveling as we know a lot of business owners do. You're constantly on the road, constantly traveling. How is that you maintain that motivation? How do you manage to keep your team going at your physical business location when you're quite often not there? And he said, I empower my team. I trust my team. We have systems in place, which means that they know what their responsibilities are. They know what their boundaries are. They know what the expectation is. And he works together with that team so closely that he knows that in those times that he does need to travel and he does need to go out of the area or be in another country, that he has people within his team that have those responsibilities that can keep that momentum going, keep everyone motivated and keep the business moving towards achieving their goals. Also, I, I remember seeing Todd a couple of years ago when he yeah. was presenting at Filex in Melbourne. Um, early in the morning, there he was, earpods in, listening to podcasts. And he is a man who is constantly listening and reading. He's an avid you know, devourer of anything he can, always, always learning. So I think that's, yeah, a, a, another common thread. Yeah, 100% agree. He loves podcasts mm. and I love that he loves podcasts. <laughs> uh, and he is someone that gives so much. And I think that it's easy to get carried away with the the whole boot camp sort of, you know, style and the yelling and all that type of thing. But what I discovered having interviewed him is that underneath all of that, he is passionate. He is so well educated. He is so experienced. And to be honest, what I came out of that interview realizing is that he would not be where he was if he didn't have all of those qualities underneath the whole show of it all, you know. So what you're saying about him educating himself and being um, listening to podcasts and stuff is so true, you know, and he genuinely cares about his team within the business, but he also genuinely cares about the millions of people that follow him, that are part of his mastermind group, that buy his books and that follow him on social media. Chantal, something that I've noticed with several of the people that I've interviewed is they're tremendous listeners as well. Is this something that you think would be a, a key element of being a good leader? And maybe, maybe that's why that's something that they've either taught themselves or maybe it's innate, then that helps elevate them to where they've got to. I think that the skill of listening to others is absolutely vital when it comes to the positions of the people that we're talking about, the, the successful leaders in our business. And I interviewed Michelle Bowden and Michelle Bowden, who you may or may not know, is one of Australia's leading female uh, public speakers. And she talks about the relationship that personal trainers have with their clients, the relationship that gym owners have with their customers. And one of the things that she actually talks about 
about is how important it is that we put ourselves in a second position. And what she means by that is quite often when we're talking, we, we have this habit of talking about ourselves or we transfer what it is that we are doing and onto the person that we're talking to. And the, the prime example of that is when a personal trainer might get a new client and start training that client or talking to that client in the way that they would train themselves. And she went on to say how important it is that in actual fact, we take the time as trainers or as managers or whatever position that we're in to listen to the client's needs and the client's wants and and the background of the client and everything that has to do with them, put ourselves in second position and just listen. And once we have a thorough understanding of that, then it makes us a better person in order to deliver a program or to work with that person or to anticipate what that person's needs are. So in answer to your question, Ollie, yes, I think that the skill of listening is absolutely vital in order to become a successful business owner, a successful business manager, even, even you know, a sole trader, personal trainer. It's a skill that every single one of us should have. It's a skill that every single one of us can always work on. We can get better at. It's just like anything, um, communication, of which listening is part of, is a skill that we actually need to practice, not just take for granted. Great advice to everybody, I think. We're talking about successful leaders. So thinking about success, is the bottom line, is, is the dollar still the main marker of success, would you say? Uh, not at all, as a matter of fact. I know that in some people's mind it is, but I would say over the last 12 months, the marker of success that I hear more and more often is when people get to a stage within their businesses and within their lives where they can genuinely give back to other people either in the community or in the world. And the people that I come across that feel and sound the most fulfilled in their life are the ones that have gotten to that point. So it may be that they have had a certain level of success and they've reached a financial point in their career that they feel comfortable. But more and more often, I would say that personal measure of success for a lot of these people is, is related to the longevity and the happiness of their teams within their business, but also related to what type of legacy can I leave in my lifetime? Who can I affect in the people that I meet? How can I help give back beyond just impacting the people within my immediate reach? And I find that incredibly moving. I find it very inspirational and I am always encouraged to hear how many people are now looking at that as a measure of success rather than just how much money can I make and how many assets can I have. It must probably goes back to the, you know, being authentic to your core purpose as you referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I think that quite often businesses now, whilst I'm certainly not discounting the fact that you need to set out and set yourself your core purpose as far as uh, the goals that you want to achieve and, and what why it is that you do what you do, I think that more and more often people are thinking well beyond the traditional goals that we would have set for our businesses 10, 20, 30 years ago. And they're now thinking about the world and the people across the globe in a much more holistic way than ever before. Chantal, how would you, when we look at some of the uh, 
the, the traits and the behaviors and the the theories of these um these very successful people it could maybe be a bit a bit daunting to, to to some of us who may not innately have some of those characteristics so how can we replicate that successful behavior Ollie, that's a really great question. And the number one thing that I would be doing is looking to find yourself a mentor or find yourself a one, two, maybe three people within the industry that you admire, that people that contain those traits that you look up to and traits that you think that you would like to have within yourself one day and follow those people, approach those people go about learning from those people because I promise you most of the, most of the people that are in these positions at some stage along the line they have written a book or they've written articles or they've spoken at events so we're in an age now where there is so much content out there most of the time you can look at a, a Luke Carlson and and pop it into YouTube and you'll see three, four, five videos of them having done a presentation. So I would say if the person that you look up to and admire, if they're not in arm's distance, if they're not someone that you can necessarily reach out to in a, in a physical perspective, have a look at what sort of content they have created so that you can learn from them. But in addition to that, there are so many resources out there for amazing mentors and I promise you that that many of these people will have had in their past a mentor or a business coach that they have worked with that will have helped them get to where they are. So for anyone that is, you know, looking at these people and thinking, wow, I want to be like you or I want to learn from you or I want to, I admire what you do and I'd like to, to mould my career based on some of those qualities that you have, then reach out to them to get advice, reach out for a mentor and reach out for a business coach uh, and try and connect with someone that you that you truly do admire and learn from them. Don't feel at any stage that you ever have to do it alone. You never do because you're always going to be a much richer and a much better person from learning from others. And I think in the fitness industry more than any other industry, we've got the chance to collaborate with people and you you work a lot stronger as a collaborative group rather than thinking of people as competition. Collaborate with people, learn from others, and, and they will they'll help lift you up to to where you want to go in your career. Great advice. Embrace every single opportunity. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Chantal, have there been any unexpected findings that when you've from doing the fitness business podcast, you've, you know, you've interviewed hundreds of people now. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of the information that you've uncovered, although it would be new to you, may not be unexpected. Have there been any unexpected findings? That's a fantastic question. As a matter of fact, when we initially set out to create the podcast, it really was about delivering an education business-based service for free to the fitness industry. And the objective was always what type of business-based education can we share, you know, whether it be sales, marketing, social media, finance, operations, any of those type of topics. And what I didn't expect to come across on the way were the stories relating to how these successful business people have influenced and made a difference to other people's lives. And I touched on it earlier in the respect of, you know, what's the measure of success and a couple of, I guess, you know, examples to share with you if I can, Ollie, one in particular, which I was just so moved by and I'm 
grateful that it's now not the only example that I've seen. And that was about November of 2016. I interviewed a personal trainer by the name of Carol Michaels. It was in show 80 at the Fitness Business Podcast. And she founded a business called Recovery Fitness. And Recovery Fitness was based around the principle of supplying fitness-based solutions for people that were either undergoing or recovering from cancer surgery or cancer-based treatments, I should say. And it was simply born of the fact that, that Carol had had family members and friends that were being affected by cancer. And at the time, she was noticing that the fitness facilities around her weren't able to provide a solution. They weren't able to help these people that were going through a difficult time because they weren't equipped with the knowledge or the trainers weren't trained in order to properly support people that are going through that, that particular treatment. So she went about getting educated on it, being becoming the expert in, in becoming an expert in cancer recovery, fitness and treatment and training. She built relationships with the local medical fraternities in order to make sure that, you know, if a doctor was working with a patient that was going through cancer recovery and treatment, they knew what was available to them and they could refer patients to her. And, you know, she just went over and above what maybe a lot of traditional personal trainer services go to create this entire new business model. And when I heard her story, I actually came about her because I think she was nominated. It was, I think it might've been idea. She had won a nomination or an award for the work that she was doing. And that's how I came across her. And, um, and to hear her story was incredibly moving. And as I say, it's not a traditional piece that I would necessarily cover as part of a business related piece, but it's also so relevant because, you know, so many of us are in the business of changing people's lives. And here she is recognizing the fact that someone else within our industry wasn't necessarily able to support the, the people. And so she has found a way that she could, she could work with them and support them. And there's many examples of people like Carol. And there is a fantastic website that I encourage everyone to check out called gymtopia.org. And gymtopia.org was founded by Ray Alger. And for anyone that's been in the industry for a while, you'll, you'll know Ray, he's based in the UK. And he basically decided that he wanted to create a hub of all the wonderful stories of uh, gym businesses and fitness-based facilities all across the globe that were giving back to their local communities. And so if you ever want a, a bit of a feel-good story or if you want some inspiration as to, you know, you're thinking, well, I really want to do something for the people of, you know, in my gym or my community or my fitness studio, but I don't know where to start. If you want to just go to this website, so again, it's gymtopia.org and read some of the stories. And he has stories from all over the world. And uh, it just gives you amazing inspiration as of how you can go over and above your, you know, traditional services that we have in a fitness facility and find ways to give back to, to people in our community or even on a larger scale. Fantastic. Chantal, it's amazing what you discover. Mm, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I used to do, before I was podcasting full-time, I used to do business coaching with personal trainers. And one of my clients, Dave Okerby, who's based in Queensland of, of uh, Australia, he came to me one day and said, oh, I really want to get this movement started up. And he, he explained this concept to me and I was like, wow, that is 
incredible. I love the sound of this and it's, it's, I can talk to you about it now because it's out there and it's, uh, it's a movement called Manward, which is M-A-N-W-A-R-D. And he was, he's ex-military and he was noticing that a lot of people, um, a lot of the men that were coming out of uh, military services and stuff really didn't, didn't have the opportunity to connect with other people and talk honestly and openly about what they'd been through. And so he created a, a, a club I guess, or a movement that that invites people that have gone through military-based services to come in and meet together once a month and they do a, a one-hour training session. They sit down and have a barbecue and just talk. And I guess it's like um, that men's shed, is it, mm. you know? Mm. But such a unique concept, such a beautiful concept. He, he puts this on free of charge for anyone that wants to go along. And that small idea has now developed and developed and developed. In fact, I think the other day I saw that he's got like a, a, a board of people now that meet and, and plan everything that's happening for Manwood for, for the future. So, and that's a, you know, that's a small personal trainer in, in Queensland who has really started to create something big that's going to be very meaningful and it's going to be an amazing legacy for him. So mm. I really love hearing stories about people that are, are doing those type of projects. That's awesome. Thank you, Chantal. If listeners want to find out any more about you or the Fitness Business Podcast, where can they go? Ollie, so the best place for them to go is directly to the website, which is fitnessbusinesspodcast.com. And on there, we have the full list of all of our past 100 shows. We've just hit show 100. And you can simply search for a presenter name or a, a name of one of the guests that I've mentioned today, or you can just scroll through and have a look at all of the topics and all of the presenters that we've had on the show. So once again, that is fitnessbusinesspodcast.com. And uh, I always love hearing from our listeners. So if you guys do check out the show and you enjoy it, then please make sure that you hit me up uh, just by messaging me through the website or otherwise on our Facebook page, which is Fitness Business Podcast. Chantel, thanks again for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Ollie, thank you so much and very best of luck. I love having another podcast to listen to that is specific for our industry. So guys, please eat up this information. It is a fantastic resource and it's my absolute pleasure to have been a guest on your show today. To grow the success of your fitness business, Become an Elite Club member with Australian Fitness Network. Elite Club membership provides you with all the benefits of network membership as well as a host of management and marketing resources from Active Management, including two one-on-one half-hour coaching sessions, marketing templates and live Q&A sessions and roundtables. Join Network today at fitnessnetwork.com.au forward slash membership and put your club ahead of the competition.